Welcome to Equiosity, our podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And normally, I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. But in June, I was visiting with a good friend of mine, Becky Chapman. Becky runs a training facility in Suffolk in the UK. All the horses in her yard are clicker trained, so I always feel at home there. One evening during my visit, we sat down together for what turned into a long and fascinating conversation. Last week, you heard about Becky's simulator. It's a wonderful machine. I remember during one of my visits, Becky and I spent a morning exploring the riding on a triangle, single rein riding techniques that I teach. It was fascinating to see the readouts on the computer as we made small changes in the way the rider used the reins. In my teaching, I stress how important the connection is between the rider's two hands. They form the base of the triangle in this single rein riding technique. If you aren't familiar with this style of riding, don't worry about what this means. It's something Dominique and I can explore another time in a different podcast. But with the simulator, what was so interesting was to see the changes in the evenness of the rider's seat that the machine reported. When the connection was there, the rider was level. I could put pressure on the inside rein in the way a horse might, and the rider's seat remained even and stable. But when the rider didn't have this connection, the same pressure on the rein unbalanced her. Fascinating. It was so much fun to see the details of the single rein riding confirmed by the simulator. But then it should work that way because these details are all there because the horses have been telling us they are important. I don't know how useful all the various simulators are that are out there to be tried, but I do know the one Becky has gives very useful feedback, especially when it is done in conjunction with her coaching. The simulator veered us off into Becky's current coaching. My next question brought us back to horses and the story of Mac. We'll jump back in at this point. And Mac was one of the last of Michael's horses to come through here because he kept him an extra year. Um, he was emigrating to Australia as well, um, oh. which is where, as far as I know, he still lives now. Because he said he, he was a little bit slow, not at, not in the brain, but you know, physically a bit slower. So he'd given him an extra year. He arrived here. <laughs> Every single one of these horses I'd really liked as soon as it arrived. I was like, wow. And when Mac fell out of the trailer, which he did, you know, in a sort of <laughs> tangled heap of legs and a large head yes <laughs> yes i said to michael oh he said it's the best yet <laughs> I <was> like, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i couldn't really see anything particularly special about this horse but um he was very very needy which I found quite charming. Did interesting things like suck on the hose pipe and 
yeah. Um, used to kind of get down on his knees a bit at feed time. Just interesting things. But really had a need for connection, which I found very endearing. Yes. But I thought, I don't have a client for to buy this horse. He's four years old, 17 two at the time. <laughs> Doesn't really move well enough to be a dressage horse. He'll jump anything you'll point him at, but he's no technician. Okay. And clearly will be taking quite a long time to, to mature, yeah, to mature yes. physically. And I thought, he's a hunter and I don't, he's a hunting horse and I don't have those kind of clients. So I phoned Michael up and I said, rack my brains and none of my contacts are really in the market for a horse like this. So I said, well, you'll have to advertise him then. And in the meantime, I kind of thought, I really, as much as he is that stamp of horse, I don't think he's going to enjoy that, you know, I could imagine him being quite... He'd go to a big, heavy guy, you know, and be used up in a couple of years. And I thought, oh, I know, I don't really think I want to place a horse I don't want to be that person who does that to this... Um, Maybe I'm wrong, you know. Maybe someone will, will come along and... So I put an advert in for him, but also for Guy. And I thought, I will let fate take its you know what will happen we advertise them both michael paid for one i paid for the other michael didn't know i was advertising guy or anything i don't think i don't think anybody rang for mac actually but there was a lot of people who were interested in a 10 year old warm blood with dressage points that hacked and jumped and blah 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 so i think i got 10 people booked to see him and treated it like a job interview and picked the one that liked him that I liked the best and Max stayed and and Guy, Guy found a, yeah another mm. connection because I can't I my daughter had a horse by then I I can't have more than one right. at a time and, right you know financially or and time wise to do it the way I would like that's right to do it and if if time and space were limited then I would have a lot were unlimited then I'd have a lot more horses but um but you're so I'm much trying better to off. be sensible right you're so much better off having few yeah. but really having the time yeah than having a lot mm. and being spread so thin that yeah. nobody really gets yeah what well for me yeah yeah I think some people that certainly can do a better job mine. of managing lots of horses yeah. than I can but right wouldn't be something I feel that I could do well. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so he he stayed. <laughs> and I still didn't really know what I was going to do with him because at the time I still was thinking I had to do stuff with my horses mm. rather than just enjoying them for who they were. Yeah. And I'd done a lot of show jumping and I'd evented a bit and then I'd broken my legs and done some dressage. I can't really see him doing any of these things or certainly not yet and my sister the saddler had said to me she does a bit of showing and she said you make a great show hunter I was like I'm not doing that not doing that no I'm not not interested in putting plaits in manes and 
standing around all day at shows and <laughs> I'm not interested in any of that. <laughs> so she said, well, you know, I think he, I think he'd do really well. So I took him to a local show producer for their opinion, and yes. she agreed that he would. She said he is what he is, which was said a lot of him. I'm not really quite sure what that means. He is what he is. Like, and they'd often say he's got a lot of white about him. You know, like that was like that was a bad thing. thing. Yeah, I, I don't really. And I never, I never wanted to know really what they meant by that in case they said something that upset me about him. So right. I just kind of... Well, he does he have... He is what he is. Yeah, he did have very, you know, four beautiful white stockings. Yes, and, mostly they were white. Yes. supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and big white face. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she said, yeah, he, he would be a great heavyweight. Well, he will mature too. Yes. Because you know, he's still only four at this stage. And he, and he did. <laughs> yes. yes he did and he grew and he became more confident and he he really came to life in when I say in the show ring everyone's going to have a different or no experience of that so the only showing I had done prior to having Mac was when you take young horses out to a local you know at the village green and there's stakes in the ground with bits of rope between and there's all sorts of things going on and it's super fun but deathly boring <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes. stand around all day and you can't make head nor tail of anything and it usually rains oh yeah yeah definitely rains <laughs> or it's really hot and you're cooking in your hacking jacket yes either and probably both. <laughs> both on the same day yeah yeah but i hadn't realized it's it, it's real razzmatazz and loads of excitement and spotlights and loud music which as you can imagine for a lot of horses is a terrifically terrifying yes. experience but he really enjoyed it but that again that's that's down to you because when he qualified for the horse of the year show as a five-year-old and i had never been to the horse of the year show to to watch right. so never mind to compete and, and again, for those of who aren't in the UK, the Horse of the Year show is what it sounds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's fairly self-explanatory, I yes. guess. It's a big... I think it runs uh, over four days. Okay. And there are lots and lots of different classes, but you have to qualify to go there, which in and of itself is a big deal accomplishment yeah. yes and there are many different competitions not all showing so there's some dressage there's some show jumping there's various things but the horse of the year is the supreme show horse that year from whatever different class or category they're going and people were asking me you know when i qualified him how are you preparing him for the horse of the year show because you know there will be a lot of atmosphere <laughs> oh. and the crowd are really close and okay. there are a lot of people watching yes and there's no space to work in particularly and the pa system is extremely loud and right over the the top of you and there's thousands of horses everywhere in the stable block outside and coming and going in horse boxes and it's it's craziness and I had all sorts of suggestions for how I should prepare him, you know. 
playing CDs of loud music and okay, (laughs) (laughs) and taking him out a lot to lots and lots of highly stressful, you know, to simulate as best as I could, although I wouldn't really have been able to because there is only one horse of the year show, but there are things that you can go to that are fairly exciting. Yes. So basically to flood him. And even, even if I'd wanted to do that, we didn't have the time. We've got a lot of commitments here. But I thought, um, well, if he knows how to listen to me and what's expected of him, then hopefully that's all he'll, he'll, he'll need, need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, was, he was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> he was just amazing. So he'd never stabled away from home so and the class was it like 11 o'clock in the morning and it's in the middle of the uk and we're in the south right. so it's a significant drive so we left at two o'clock in the morning so we could get there sort of for five o'clock and took out the partitions in his horse box so this is his mobile stable so it's yes. something he quite enjoyed chris had built us a horse box today and found somewhere in the car park to ride around a bit because I didn't really know what else to do. I couldn't work out where to go or anything much. I knew where the ring was that, you know, you go in to do that's the thing. That's helpful. Yeah, but that, that's all. I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing at all. And I saw lots of people that I recognised, you know, like riders, proper riders and yeah, things. Yeah. And John Whitaker told me, nice horse. And I thought that would be the highlight of, of the show. That yes. was really exciting. Yeah, that's very nice for, for that to happen. Um, and they have a collecting ring rather than a warm-up arena. And you're told what time to be at the collecting ring. And it's, it's very small. I mean, you're lucky if you find a space to trot. Right. And all the horses in your class are confined in this relatively small space. And we're not talking Section B Welsh Ponies now. We're right. talking... That yeah yeah so these are so big boys big boys, big boys who take up girls. a lot of room yeah yes with their grooms and assistants all in a state of great excitement yes uh, yes and you can hear but can't see everything that's going on in the main ring because it's an indoor show okay so I've looked to the other side of the curtain but Matt doesn't know you know I've been on yeah. in on foot whilst he was being looked after by Chris, but Mac doesn't know what's the other side. And <clears throat> the ring steward, I don't know how they decide on the order that you're supposed to enter the ring, whether it's a random thing or I don't know. But they called us across and Mac was supposed to be the third to go in. So we're lined up in the tunnel between the collecting ring and the main arena. And the curtains... <gasps> open. Open, yeah. And the horses from the class before come out at the gallop. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Accompanied to music and the crowd going mad. And the two horses in front of Mac just turned and <laughs> left. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? And I assume some from behind, I don't know, because I'm not looking, You're not looking behind, back. right? So, and Mac did go to, and I was like, walk on. And he did. Wow. And so he ended up being the first to step into the ring. But by the time we'd finished the walk around, which is the first bit, we had been rejoined by, by the others. everybody else. <laughs> I think we had a full complement before the judging proper began. 
and he was completely foot perfect so i i had to ride him and then an, a ride judge rides them and they then have to stand up in hand and they're looked at for their confirmation and movement without their saddle on and then they pull you in in reverse order so by the time second place is pulled in you've either not been placed or you've won it and you won it wow. <laughs> <laughs> by then i'd established too that he did need a mini mat oh mm. so he we had little um pub coasters you know for your Yes, that yes. I had in my pocket that when he was pulled in that that was quite that's quite challenging you know because the other horses are still doing what their thing yes um and they have to stand quite a long time and it's difficult to fidget and one of the things the show hunter has to do is to stand to stand still yes oh, it's there the master at hounds and they must they must stand and he found that much easier if he was anchored on a mat even though it was it was one big dinner plate of a foot right on on the mat on a mat but it and was it's so like little that nobody's from... actually actually going to mm-hmm. notice that you've dropped nobody this ever did i i didn't do it in a particularly you know I, I, i've got my no, coaster no, i didn't do it like that but i wasn't like <laughs> it was and the same with clicking and reinforcing whilst not in mid flow when right. doing something nobody ever ever Notice, but then there's so many people in the ring trying to get their horse's ears forward with yes, yeah. sweeties that they may or not may not feed the horse and trying to push the horse around with food to, you know, in the in hand in section in particular to shape the horse into. Because yeah. you, know, you can't do it like a dog, you know, show dog. So if they're not so, tapping on one end and one leg with a stick, then they're kind of doing something with a sweetie and yeah, front, so yeah. I suppose seeing food being used is not unusual. So and they're not gonna hear me click necessarily. Right, but, right. Yeah. Right. So you could incorporate that into being in the show ring without it being a problem or somebody say, Oh, that's not allowed, that's yeah. cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Okay. But only because the component pieces were in place. Right. Yeah. I think that's fascinating, though, that, that you had your mini mat mm-hmm. and could use that mm. as an anchor and an yeah. emotional anchor for you. Yeah. Really neat. We never went back to retrieve them, I'm afraid. He didn't uh, pick them up for you and hand them to you? <laughs> <laughs> but he was only five, so his education was incomplete. <laughs> That would have been just the most brilliant. Can you imagine you've gone out at the gallop having, you know, won your class and then the the horse goes, encore. (laughs) Oh, what a fabulous idea. I wish I'd thought of that. It would have been fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And particularly a horse of his size. Yes. Only, yes, he would have pulled it off with yeah. great he would panache. Have yes. He would have done. And it, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm particularly tickled that we're talking about this because you do hear a lot of the, oh, but are there, is there anybody who competes who clicker trains? Uh-huh. And the answer is, well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did? Yeah. And he won Horse of the Year. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was amazing. Yeah. It inspired me too, though, to f- discover more about where he'd come from prior to Michael having him. So I had a passport, his DNA blood tested, and I had the name of the stud and uh, 
you know, bloodlines and what have you. But I couldn't, I looked up the stud online and I phoned various people that I could think of and nobody had heard of this stud. And I have a wonderful friend out in Ireland and I thought I will combine finding this stud with yep. a visit to, to my friend Anna. <laughs> so we, we got to the village I can't remember the name of the village, but it was on the Wicklow Mountains anyway. And we're driving up the mountain and we drove through the village, no sign of a stud. Can't find it anywhere. And drove back through it two or three times and still can't see anything, but then saw someone out walking. So asked where the Blackmore stud was. Which I'd never heard of it. So I said, Oh, do you know of oh gosh, isn't that awful? I'm gonna forget the lady's name. That was Mary, but I'm gonna forget the surname. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Oh yes, of course. It's yeah. the house over there. Yeah. So we went through this very overgrown gravel driveway and there's a bungalow with some ramshackle stables. And we could see through the kitchen window an elderly couple having their morning coffee. I don't know, they were sitting at the table having a lovely time together. They didn't hear us come <laughs> in the gravel driveway or anything. And we knocked at the door a couple of times before a gentleman answered the phone. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I own a horse I think you bred. So I said, oh, that would be the wife. He said, Mary, Mary. <laughs> so Mary comes to the door and I said, I think I own a horse that you bred. So she said, oh, what's its name? And I said, well, we call him Mac. And she went white. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's been stolen. I, I've i got, a, you know, like, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to I'm lose, lose him. Yes. Yeah. So she said, you better come in. You better come in. His heart's oh, pounding with this. Really yes. just not at all I didn't well, I didn't know what to expect but I wasn't expecting that so she sat us down and, and she sat opposite me and she took my hand and she said to me you know you must tell me is he very big so I said oh yes he's very big so she said well that's what did for the mother <laughs> and then the store she told me that she had this dear darling mare that had been her own mare who she'd had a foal from the year before by the same sire, Ooh. perfectly normal size foal for the mare, and it was a wonderful experience for all. So she'd sent the mare back to the same stallion and realised when she was foaling him that she was really struggling. But the vet never made it in time, and um, she'd managed to get Mac out, and the dam had managed to get up and give him his colostrum, and then had died oh um heartbreaking and heartbreaking. she said the stable door opened inwards she said we had a terrible time getting her out and keeping him in mm. and they bottle fed him every two hours from a two liter seven up bottle so it was what she could do yes and tried him with two foster dams and the third one took him uh, he was three months old. He'd been in a stable and bottle-fed for three months before. Wow. He'd been taken on by this Connemara mare. <laughs> yeah. And I have a picture. I don't know if I've ever shown it to you. I'll show it to you. I was in a terrible state, but still nearly as big as the foster dam. But wow. skin and bone, Mac. Yes. It just yes. looked terrible. 
and when it came to the Connemara stud wanting to put this um, mare back in foal, of course they wanted Mary to take him back, and that and she got up. She was very upset this whole time, you know. And she said, to my shame, she said, I couldn't look at him. Oh. I couldn't bear to have him back, and I sent him to the sales. And this is where Michael had bought him, and of course he ne- he never knew the story of any of this. Right. None of us knew, and um, it made it was it was very interesting. Anyway, we became friends, and yes. we would stay in touch a lot. And they even came over to see him once at a competition. It was it was lovely, yeah. and I think it helped her. Yes, you know, and she because she had no idea whether he was alive or not. She didn't know what had happened. Right. to him and when I told Michael I was like well it makes such sense he didn't know how to behave with the cults I said I had to turn the silly old fool out with the mares and the foals and he'd get down on his hands and knees at feed time and he uh, yeah right because he had such a short little yeah long. yeah yeah so very yeah heartbreakingly yes. wonderfully kind yes. of yes I mean story just yeah yes and why he was so, I don't know why he was so big, because she was 15 two and the sire, I think, was 16 two. So wow. I don't know. And he was 18... He, he was 18 two by the time he yeah. quit growing, yeah. 17 two as a four-year-old. and Yeah. I remember being astounded mm. looking at his blanket... And the size <laughs> of the opening that accommodated his his, his neck. His neck. <laughs> like, no way. Uh, yeah. I mean, that alone is just. Uh, oh. uh, but uh, lengthwise, it was only a six nine rug. So he was so close coupled. It was like being on a short wheelbase four wheel drive with all the bonnet in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> So you wanted to show him mm. barefoot, mm-hmm. a clicker-trained horse, mm-hmm. fed a grain-free, grain-free, diet. Mm-hmm. healthy diet, mm. and you ran into a little bit of, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. So when he qualified for the Horse of the Year show, he had to win his class in order to do so. And I was aware that there was some conversation argument amongst the judges before the placings were made. And when they announced that he had won and he could go to the Horse of the Year show, the judge that awarded him the trophy, it's in that picture there, that judge there, Okay. he said, you've caused us a lot of difficulty. He said, because some of us think that he should be shod and some of us think that it's fine for him to be barefoot. He, and as he gave me the trophy, he said, shoes for hoys. And because I was not expecting to win, I was just like, <laughs> okay. And, you know, was on this high and, my goodness, can you believe this has happened and could yes. we possibly get there? You know, I mean, I don't mean qualify. I mean, right. is this doable within our schedule and yes. where, where in yes. the world is it? And who <laughs> 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 will look after everything at home and you know, all of those things. But I had this thing floating around in my brain. So I phoned the Sports Horse GB, which is each different category of show has its own 
organization that you have to be affiliated to and they all have their own sets of rules right and they said no there is no rule that says horses have to be shod yet but as of next year we will be implementing a rule where all horses in our affiliated competitions must be shod in the normal way because there have been horses that would otherwise be lame with surgical shoes and pads so this from a welfare point of view they felt was important that there should be no no shoes other than ordinary normal normal shoes shoes. but also that there had been a suggestion from a number of people one rider in particular who'd had a nasty injury on a horse that was shod in front and not behind that there was litigious risk that there would be a serious injury to a ride judge or an audience member should a barefoot horse trip or slip, not trip, sorry, slip and cause an injury to somebody. So there would be a rule implemented for the following season. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've never known a shod horse to slip. No. No, 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 no. Or no. cause injury or to cause a rider injury. or another right, horse. Right, right, or, right. A standby or anybody like that. Actually, before I'd contacted them, I'd seen an article written by the rider who had been injured, who was a regular columnist in one of Mm -hmm. the magazines, about how there was a growing, worrying increase in the number of unshod horses. And that while she could understand if you could not afford to shoe your horse... Or if it moved so badly, it might injure itself. Or the per- the owner had not trained the horse to stand up for the farrier. Or the horse was a kicker while you would choose not wow. to shoe your horse. Wow. Wow. So that those... There was no place for it in the show ring. Wow. So those are the only reasons why you right. would not, why you would choose to go barefoot. Yeah. Wow. So I, I replied to, to this letter explaining... Know, the reasons that I had my horse barefoot <laughs> and also particularly because there are there are lots of ponies showing very successfully and happily barefoot there are actually very few horses at the top level that are barefoot not because they couldn't be well they can't be anymore but um, uh, but because <laughs> Lots of people shoe without questioning whether they should or they shouldn't or whatever it may be. That's right. And I had not come across any other barefoot horses in in my category at all. So I couldn't help but feeling there was a certain amount of, you know, by implication that my horse hadn't been trained to stand for the farrier, moved badly and might injure itself or be a kicker. Right. You know, that, that, that wasn't said. Right, and but there had yes, you know yes. Anyway, it did end up being implemented as a rule, and so we we stopped competing uh, under rules, as it were. There are a couple of different classes that he could do, so he did a lot some of the Irish draft classes, and the last he qualified for Hoy's was a five, six, and seven year old. We didn't go, and he was six because we couldn't go. I can't remember why something clashed. And when he qualified as a six-year-old, that was the last year he could go before the rule change happened. It was at the 
Bucks County show and it rained so much we had to be towed onto the showground. Good grief. And we looked like we'd done a day's hunting when we came out the ring. <laughs> he won that class to get this Hoy's ticket. He was he was the only unshod horse in there and the only one to not to slip. So it's okay. it's beyond yes. ironic, but anyway. He he didn't go again. Right. So which was a shame. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Mm. But we did lots of, you know, we did what, what, what was left to us. We, time-wise, we had fun yeah. together. It was precious. And sadly, his early, his, his early history mm. caught up with you. I always knew that he would not make an old horse. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to to go so young so and so right. and so suddenly, um, because he he was not a, ro- <laughs> he was a great big horse, but not a robust horse health wise right. at all. Soundness, yes, he was a sound of limb right. horse, but very delicate, you know, and. Mm. Um, uh, um, so you lost it. Yeah, he, well, it looked like colic. That's what we thought. We thought ah, he was colicking, okay. and so too did the vet when when the vet came, and because he was so large, he couldn't be sure that it wasn't just an impaction because there's only so far he or could he can reach, right. right? Unless yeah, relative to yeah. yeah. So he he uh, suggested that I I take him to Newmarket, but he said to me because you you know. He, he was being very good, but he was clearly in a lot of pain. And he said, will he load? <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll load. He'll load. Um, and a new market is close, so we have yes. good facilities locally. And when we got there, they everyone was still thinking it was colic, and they drew some fluids within some of the other tests that they were doing. And uh, um, they were getting ready for surgery, prepping right. everything and him for that. And the vet came out and said um he's got peritonitis his his whole system is shutting down his kidneys and liver are gone you know um oh. and I, I i don't think putting him through you know through surgery will be the you know In, yeah don't think it'll get him through it right and um anyway in the horse box on the way to the vets I'd said to Chris would we you know would we would we put him through surgery if it right. comes to that because you know you you have some horses and you know they're gonna rally you know like they yes. give yes. it all they've got um and I I wasn't convinced that I would have put him through surgery but it what I don't know whether I would or I wouldn't if it was an option I probably would actually but um, yeah, until you're yeah, you yeah, you, just, I don't you know. don't know I don't ultimately know. what the yeah, decision would be. Um, so yeah, he at three thirty he was in the field grazing, and uh, we lost him at six thirty. He was wow. gone. Wow. Mm. Yep. But um, 
now when I talk about him and think about him I th- I think about I remember obviously that bit right yes <laughs> but that was for a long time all I could think about I couldn't really vividly recall the good stuff right um, I've never seen a horse in pain like that but yeah. um But he is very special. Yeah. Mm. Robin Collie did, you know. Mm. And it was a full twist. I mean, it's just mm. the oddest thing because this was a horse who's always been healthy. Yeah. Always. He had a f- fever once when he was two years old. Right, yeah. And that was it. Mm, you know, gosh. just one of those. He had, it was, and that, he was such a healthy horse. He never collie. And then he had a colic. And most, you know, usually when a horse colics, it's a, mm. it's, it's a mile. It's an, it's, yeah. yes, the vet comes, it's horrible, they mm. walk them, but they come out of it. Mm. And for the, his first and only colic to be such a devastating yeah. one. And I, we did do the surgery and I'm glad we did the surgery, mm. but I you know, am faced with the decision if I had to do it again, I don't know what... But I doubt very much if I would ask him to go through it a second time because right. the recovery for him was so hard. Yes. It was, yes. there was so, so much through. pain. So much pain. Yeah. So it's, you just, mm. they are at the end of the day, they are such delicate creatures mm. and they are so much a part of our heart. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, um, more more commonly, as I understand it, I've, I've only come across peritonitis a couple of times in horses, and it's been post colic surgery, where you know an infection becomes right. present. So, but the the thinking is that his system was so damaged, uh, his digestive system by his early start, right. that effectively he'd been you know leaking toxins in into his system for. A long time and I don't know what had caused the critical mass or I you know I don't know what, what tipped him I, right. I, I don't know but it was the one weekend off we had in the summer you know if so I, I wasn't working yes uh, I didn't yes have clients here to yes you know be concerned right. with and for that's right um it's a strange thing. Yeah. It was my birthday too. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so. When I was struggling a lot afterwards, not long afterwards, my dad said to me, would you rather not be feeling what you are now than never have had him in your life? Yeah. So I rather be feeling this yes that's right that's right <laughs> so, that's that an right. interesting thing to say mm. and it is the reality of having them and loving them mm. yeah yeah so now you have philly yes well, philly was here for my daughter okay yes so philly belonged to a client <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she, 
just such a monkey, the horse. Always really, really liked her. And Anna, her owner, would, would come up, bring her on courses, but take her, take her home straight after the lessons. Um, wouldn't leave her here because she was too <laughs> disruptive. Come back for the workshops. Luckily, she lived locally. Um, and I really thought she was great fun, this mare. Always had a super work ethic and lots of go. <laughs> I can remember once Anna, uh, the owner, had to, I think, nip to the toilet or something important. And she was tied up at the trailer. And I thought, well, whilst I'm here, I'll put her boots on, you know, travel boots on. And Philly decided whilst I was putting the boots on just to change direction and just walk right over the top of me. Not on <laughs> me. You know, that's just how she was. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about her other than I thought she was great. But it turned out that the owner um, ended up needing to emigrate and was very concerned that some of these behavioural issues that she had and, and health issues as well. So she had a lot of melanoma. Mm. Um, and she, prior to Anna owning her, had been turned out when she was young in a field that had been fertilised, so she suffered with nitrate poisoning. Oh. So her digestive system was very <laughs> tricky. And she was very taken with the way that my daughter rides, and she'd watched her over the years with lots of tricky lone ponies that yes. come your way for you to kind of learn the ropes and Philly was too big for her really they were both 12 she could have really another year in ponies would have been ideal but we decided to give it a go and she had her and and they had a whale of a time together absolutely fantastic time together and when I when Mac was mine and Philly was my daughter's I came across the work of Philippe Carl yes classical French master and applied to ride and train with him his course here in the UK and cutting a very long story short because that was quite a process got accepted to train with him and one of the requirements is that you have a reserve horse because horses get sick and you need to maintain your training so if the course date is set for such and such then you need to have a another horse that you can arrive with should your main horse be unwell so with Noni's permission Philly was my reserve horse and Mac was the horse that I was going to train with Philippe Carl I lost Mac in the August and the first training I'd done with Philippe Carl was in the May and Mac was a bit off collar in May had a bit of man flu he used to get that a bit he just be you know like just have a bit of a temperature but Mm. you know nothing just a bit yes just needed cuddles and stuff that's all indications of what was to come I guess but so I took Philly you know no knew that was like uh, it wouldn't be fair and she loved it she had a great time because she enjoyed the experience of going and being Philly yes in front of a audience of people and meeting a French classical master and what have you. And at the end of that first course, I said to Monsieur Carl, the great time, and was looking forward to him meeting my horse next time uh-huh. rather than bringing my daughter's pony. Yes. And he said, well, you would be very welcome to bring your horse, but I prefer where possible 
that the horse that you start the course with is the horse that you continue the training with. Um, you, you train the other one alongside, but my preference would be where possible you continue with the same horse, which is what happened anyway. Yes. Uh, so I kind of think they had it worked out between the two of them anyway for her to <laughs> step in there. And that training with Monsieur Carl coincided with my daughter sort of similarly to me <laughs> a slightly later stage in yes. life going off and not, Doing not being actively yes. involved in, in, in horses, horses and going down a different path whether permanently or in the in the short to medium term is yet to be established that's right but, that's right yeah yes but philly so, is basically yours yeah yes yeah, yeah. and and she is yeah, very she so she's 14 3 Panamara <laughs> something and so 18 2 to 14 3 yes yeah, so, a bit of a difference yeah so sort of shoehorned myself into my daughter's saddle <laughs> took the pony pony she's not a pony is she but she rides like a horse and she yes yeah, she was great and uh, interestingly the basic course with philippe carl is three years and then some people are invited to stay on for the advanced course which we were but she was the only horse to make it to every course of the of the basic training lion-hearted she is yes yeah. she is she is and we got a huge amount from that she and I and my clients you know that I went on to share the work with uh, but there was definitely a period where she was being well she went there I think quite confident you know quite confident little yes very confident and yes. a, a good learner but it it started to feel towards the end of the basic training before she graduated to the advanced that every time I learn something it's so I can learn something more difficult and uh. the sparkle the the joy wasn't there so I did I dis, I discussed this with with Philippe Carl and he was like there's not a problem she's very good <laughs> she's doing very well and so, sometimes it's not so good because you don't do such a good job in your riding you know and oh. you know, yeah, yes. but the, the the horse is not the problem no, the, the horse is fine <laughs> carry on <laughs> and there were various other things that happened but I decided that I needed to get more creative with playing games and becoming playful yes uh, within within the training and that completely changed the way that she was able to receive and enjoy again continuing with that system which was you know joyous to see and made made it much more pleasurable for both of us yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. To, to to hang in and and do it and i don't know that he would necessarily say this but certainly my sense was Philippe Carl could see the difference in the joy right that she came back right. each time with and and you know so I remember that conversation mm. that we had a conversation around that at one point mm. that she needed to 
be able to play mm. in some of this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So the sparkle came back. Yeah. 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 And she's she's not actually had a great year this year. Um, she's twenty three now, and the melanomas are in some uncomfortable places mm. for her. So this is the first year where she's been doing less. She's still playing and doing stuff, but moving for her doesn't feel... Bring the same no, joy, yes. No. Because it's becoming uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So this week I met... I met Rose. You did? Yes. 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 I accidentally had another baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's a six-year-old ex-race horse. There's the music. We'll wait until next time to meet Rosie, Becky's latest addition to her equine family. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Becky's training center, visit her website, ashenec.co.uk. And until next time, have fun with your horses.